This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Well, guys, I'm excited for several reasons this morning. Obviously, I'm excited because I'm actually speaking this morning. So I'm excited. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Nicole Victory. I was, uh, well, I am, I keep on saying I was every time I do this. I am married to the handsome man that was just right here. Very hairy, Jesus looking. He's my man, okay? Um, but I'm excited for several reasons. Obviously, I'm speaking this morning, so I am biased to myself and I'm excited, right? But I'm also excited because my dear friend Miranda and Kevin, they got engaged. They got engaged to be married this past week. And they're sitting right over there bashfully and... Yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. So I'm so excited for them, but I'm also excited because I have a new message this morning that I'm pumped to speak about, okay? And it's called The Hero Maker. And as I was getting ready for this, you know, here's my little... If for any Star Wars fans, I believe that is Finn. When I picked, if you don't know who Finn is, go watch Star Wars, people, okay? Finn is amazing in this movie. So The Hero Maker this morning. I'm excited about it because a while back... I, uh, I felt God put this message on my heart, and I'm like, oh, that's a cool, that's a cool idea, hero maker. Okay, well, so what does that mean, God? How can we kind of figure this out and see what's worth saying? And so I got really excited about it, and I started to realize as I looked around our church, uh, our church community, that it was actually full of people who were heroes. And I don't just mean heroes like everyone's a hero. <laughs> I don't just mean that way, okay? I mean that like there's actually people here that look like superheroes, okay? And so the very first one we're going to put up here is Superman, okay? All, there's a lot more people in the room that are over 30 that probably know who Superman is, okay? Because in the, in the past, there were TV shows and everything, and people were really into it. So I love Superman. And I remember one day being out by Nova Cafe, and I was out there getting a coffee, and Christian was with me, and I was like, Chris, he's like, what? I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that guy over there is Superman. And he was like, who? I'm like, dude, look. And he looks, he's like, Clark Kent, on the spot. Next slide. <laughs> Teddy Hicks is Clark Kent, people, okay? So I am going to prove my point this morning through showing these examples, because sometimes I say things to people and they don't believe me, because I'm an exaggerator. So, but that's what makes you a good storyteller, okay? Lesson 101 for preaching, right, Mike? Right? That's it, okay. Right. <laughs> so, Teddy Hicks is Superman. Pretty good, right? Okay, the next one, please. Ooh. This is, this is going to be good. Okay, second slide. Oh, yeah. Right? Have you guys ever met somebody that immediately when they looked at you, you got this overwhelming sense that they could completely and absolutely kick your butt? Okay? That's both of these women in one picture, okay? Both of these women could do that. Next slide. Wolverine. So, excuse the muscles for a second here. So, Wolverine. Now, some of you are going to be able to guess this one right off the bat because of all of Pastor Mike's cheesy jokes. Right, right? I mean, just jokes, jokes. Genius jokes, okay? So, next slide. All right. Evan, Evan so eagerly put those pens between his fingers that you guys can see up there, and he really embraced it. Me and Jess, guys, give Jess uh, McDonald a round of applause. She helped with all these photos. 
And uh, as we were doing this, Jess is like, he needs something. He needs to have claws. So I ran to the nursery and grabbed a bunch of pens and came back. And we uh, really encouraged Evan to embrace the, the smug look. Okay? So he really did a good job. Next slide. Aquaman. Okay? Next slide. This is a little bit biased, maybe, a little bit, but I think the guy on the left wishes he was the guy on the right, okay? That's my opinion. And next slide. All right, rocket. Okay? Next slide. All right. Because we all know that Brad is an animal, right? Totally. So, guys, I love superheroes. And I love that I had so many people that were eager to do these pictures. So thank you to all my beautiful volunteers that actually spent time doing this. Um, it's pretty cool, though, hey, when you look at culture right now. When you look at culture, we're literally obsessed with superheroes. Like one of the latest Marvel movies, Infinity Wars, beat Star Wars in the opening weekend, okay, by millions of dollars. Like that's how much people are actually into superhero movies right now. They love it. And the reason why I think we love it so much is because we see people rescuing other people. And as Jesus followers, we're actually called to be rescuers. Amen? Amen? We're called to go out into our world and rescue people. And within the church, I've noticed in this context and for this morning, I have noticed something really cool. I believe that the church is called to be heroes, but we're also called to be hero makers. So this morning we're going to look into that, what that looks like, and kind of pick that apart a little bit and, and figure out how we can look at how the world, what the world calls as a hero and what we as Christians are supposed to be as heroes, okay? So it's going to be a fun morning to just plug into some cool stuff and uh, see what God has for us. So the, we're going to go through a couple different characteristics of a hero. The first one is strength. And there's a scripture, Isaiah 61, 1 to 7. The Spirit of God is upon me because God has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to announce freedom to all the captives, and pardon all the prisoners. That is like totally strength and heroism right there, right? Totally. It's so good. So I was thinking about this, and I'm like, you know, like we, we just shown, showed a bunch of different people. Like we showed Wolverine with his claws, right? If I was to go around the room and I asked like, different people, what do you know, what, what strength does this superhero have? You would be able to tell me right away. Because their strength is immediately what comes to you. They all are unique. They're all different. There's different abilities. There's things that set them apart. And there's something about them that draws us to them, right? Their strength. But I know for myself and I know from different friends, it's so much easier within our lives, within Christianity, to actually look at our weaknesses before looking at our strengths. It's so much easier for me to walk up to someone in the room here today and for you to tell me what you're struggling with or what has tried to take you out this week than it is to say what's good. And that's totally me too, guys. I am that way to a T. I am so much easier at saying what I'm not good at than what I'm good at. And actually, this just this past week, I had this moment of being like, you know, I'm, I was comparing myself to other speakers. I was comparing my life. I was doing all this stuff, and I started to feel really downtrodden about myself and about what God called me to be. And so I got into the Word, and I started reading the Bible, and obviously going through scriptures like this, and being like, no, I have a calling. God has something in me. He is my strength when I am weak. Right? Amen? But I also opened up my, uh, my biography on a wonderful woman named Mother Teresa. Okay? Because I thought to myself, I was comparing myself to people that I don't even want to be. 
So I asked God, I'm like, God, can you remind me of who I'm meant to be? So I pulled out this book about a woman who was so strong at compassion and mercy. She took care of the sick and the broken, people who no one else wanted to deal with. She helped. And so God reminded my spirit that that's what I'm called to be. I'm called to be somebody that walks into other people's lives and helps them heal because that is what a Christian is called to be. You're called to be strong in areas like that. So if you're feeling weak this morning and you're trying to find your strength, open up the word. Start reading things that actually bring identity to you. Don't be focused on things that pull away from you. And sometimes you have to be really good at telling your voice in your head to be quiet. Right? We have to get really, really good at that. So, and this, I, I love this line as I was going through a bunch of different stuff. It says that God is working through us. So when we feel like, you know, what's going on in life? I feel like I'm forgotten. I feel like I'm weak. We have that reminder in our hearts that it is God working through us. Okay? So this morning, if you're feeling weak, remember, it's okay to be weak. Because God promises like a billion times in the word, in the Bible, that he is strength. So it's okay, and he is going to work through you in a way that brings you identity, that brings you strength, so that you can go out and impact the world around you. Amen? Like, that's good news this morning. That is like, take off the burden off my back kind of news. The second one that I want to touch on today on a characteristic of superheroes is a sense of injustice. We're going to look to Amos 5.24. I encourage you to read all of this scripture because it turns church world upside down, Okay? It's like super blunt and deadly. So go read it later. All right? So this one, Amos 5.24, do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. Every hero you look at has this crazy strong sense of injustice, right? They look at the world around them and they're like, I can't stand this. I see poverty. I see people being murdered. I see people who are impoverished. I see all these issues of people who are hurting, who are broken, and they need somebody. And so the hero sees these issues, and they step up, and they go, and they do what they can to solve that issue, right? Like, that's what heroes do with injustice. And it reminded me of the DNA of God. So if you don't know in this room, I'm going to say it again. You were created in the image of God. So that means that his DNA is in you, okay? Every attribute of the Father lives in you. A lot of times it lays dormant because we haven't activated it yet, I had justice activated in my life when I was 13 years old, and I was in a foreign country, and I met a little girl who was 13, but she was a prostitute, okay? That's all she could be. And I remember meeting her, and I was like, something activated in my life. Justice came on in my life. And that's like a lot of the other attributes of God. They have to come on in our life. So what can you do? What can you walk through? What can you read? What can you plug into to become more like the Father? Right? So that moment that we have his DNA in us, so justice is within us. You know, I have this funny story. I was actually in a city a while ago. We were down there for a friend's wedding. And we were walking down the street, and it's like a big city. And as I was walking down the street with my friend, our two husbands were behind us. I'm pretty sure Christian was like looking at all the guitar shops because it was Nashville. And he was just like focused on all the guitar shops. And all of a sudden, this, this guy came walking up, and he was about six foot, like this really big dude. And as he walked up, he objectified us. Like, he checked us out as he was walking by. And then we stopped at a stop sign, and he came back. And there was a big group of people around. Our husbands were there. And he walked right up to me, and he stood right in my face, like right here. And something came over me, okay? I was looking at this guy, and I'm like, okay, 
I might not win this fight, but I'm willing to fight it. And so I looked at this guy, and he was right in front of me, and I looked at him, and I looked right in his face like this, and I was like, you better get out of my space. And I pushed him in his chest. I'm not even kidding. And there was a group of people around because we were all waiting across the street. And I'm like, and I said, it's so saucy. And I like pushed him. Newfie word for you today. That was free. And I pushed this dude. Right? And I actually pushed him. And nobody around me said a word. Okay? Everyone was just looking at us. There's like 30 people waiting across the street. And we were standing there and this guy just looked at me and he backed up like this. And he turned away and he went on. But in my mind, all I could think of is this dude is so, this guy is so bold, he has gotten away with this a million times. So something came up in me and I was like, I cannot handle him doing this to somebody else again. It wasn't even so much about me, it was the fact that he did it to my friend and the fact that he's going to keep doing it. So I wanted to give him a reason to stop doing it. Right? I was like, that's enough. I've had enough of this. And that's the thing, guys, sometimes it's, it's not about your suitability in life, right? But it's about God's sufficiency in our life. One of the things I love the most about justice and stepping up is a lot of times we step up to those battles even though we know we're going to lose, right? Like when I stepped up into that moment, I had no idea what he was going to do. In fact, Christian asked me after, he's like, did you have to push him? <laughs> and I'm like... Yeah, I did. I, thought, I think I did. I think I did. It wasn't exactly the most Christian thing, so I'll admit it sometime when I'm speaking. But, like, after, I, like, he needed to get that point. But there was this moment when, I, after I pushed him, nervousness took over me because I was like, wait a minute. I don't know about my suitability. This guy is, like, six foot, okay? But that's what's so cool, and we can look at that into our Christian lives, is there's so many times that we need to step up. So many times that we need to be what we're called to be, but we're afraid to suit up and set, and, and set ourselves up for something because we're not sure of God's sufficiency. We're not sure in how he's going to show up. But it's so true over and over again in my own life and the people around you and, and in the whole idea of what Nova is, God shows up. It's common. It's true. It's something you can rest your head on at night. God shows up. And I'm so thankful for his sufficiency, Okay. So stinking thankful. And I'm so thankful for it. It's funny, when I was preparing that line, I have a bit of a speech impediment, okay? And I had a really hard time remembering suitability and sufficiency in the same sentence. But I'm like, it's worth it. So I had to remember that Jesus had fish and loaves for sufficiency. And suitability, nobody wears a suit to Nova. I'm serious. Like, that's serious. That's how I remember that, okay? But there is something good in that. There's something so good that I don't have to be somebody that can take out my giants. I don't have to be that person. I literally can rest in the moment of knowing that I have a God who's got my back. And I can push people in, in, uh, in nicer ways. And I can be who I'm called to be because God shows up. Amen? So good. The third one I wanted to chat about was sacrifice. In Luke 9.25, self-sacrifice in the way, my way, to find yourself, your true self. True self through sacrifice. That kind of hurts a little bit. If I was to ask everybody in the room this morning, what is a superhero? I bet you, probably 99% of you would say someone who lays down their life for somebody else. Right? It's somebody who steps up for somebody else, takes a hit for someone else. Right? You guys agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think that's pretty cool. And I think that's something that we would argue is almost like the bread and butter of a superhero. You lay down your life. 
What I find interesting, though, is that within the church and within my own life, sometimes I bury my talents under somebody else's sacrifice. Do you know what I mean when I say that? So what I mean when I say that is sometimes when we look around in our church and we look around in our world, we disqualify ourselves because we see somebody else doing a good job. Okay? So within our churches, sometimes we look around and we're like, I don't need to be a good usher because Amanda is killing it. Okay? I don't need to be good at the welcome door because Heather is really good at it. I don't need to be good at worship because June kills it every time she steps up there, okay? That's what I'm talking about, is that that whole idea that I don't need to step up or the idea of stepping up scares you to death because you're comparing yourself to somebody else, right? But there's this quote within a superhero movie called Spider-Man, and dear Uncle Ben, may he rest in peace, <laughs> said this epic quote, and he said, with great power comes great responsibility, do you guys know that God expects you to do something with what he's given you? That's ouch, right? That's like this moment that when I, when I was going through that, I'm like, that's kind of scary. Because that's saying, okay, that we believe that God has placed purpose and value in every human. And that unique purpose is theirs, their own. And that you are called to bring it forth even when you don't feel it. Because God expects you to do something with it. Because the whole idea of Christianity is realizing that we're called to restore the earth, right? Jesus called us to go out and actually fix the problems that culture likes to put Band-Aids on. We're actually meant to go in and be healers and actually do something with the world around us, okay? So if you're in church, or this is like your safe zone, I find church is your safe place because you get to be yourself. You get to come in with people who are loving, have the same uh, values as you have the same kind of identity as you, if you're in this place and you're not doing anything, you're sure as heck not going to do anything when you walk outside the doors, right? So my challenge this morning with that, and I've had to do it so many times, because I love to compare myself to somebody else, okay? It's human nature to want to compare. But just, just take a second, take a minute even this week and stop and say, you know what, God? I want to work on my identity and my purpose that you've put in me. I don't want to play the comparison game. I don't want to bury my treasure, my talent under somebody else's. I don't want to do that. I want to know what my sacrifice is. I want to know and I want to come to the game ready to fight. So Lord, do that in me this week. May that be our cry this week that we would actually seek God and ask him what he wants us to do. Because with great power, with great purpose, comes great responsibility. And there's truth in that this morning. Thank you, Uncle Ben and Jesus. The last thing I wanted to talk about that I feel like truly separates even just being a hero to walking into what it's called to be an actual hero maker is here's the difference here, okay? When we look at Jesus' life, he was the ultimate, okay? He was the best example of this. So he lived his life, he invested into other people, he died on a cross for our sins, and when he came back three days later, what, one of the last things he said to his disciples was, go and make more disciples. Go out there and restore the earth. And that's that moment. Here's, here's a huge cliffhanger between being a hero and a hero maker. And I love to think of it like this. It's an example of looking at uh, being a Jesus follower and being a follower of culture. So what are we following today? 
Because we can look at a lot of examples around us, and we can see a ton of different things going on in the world around us, right? Culture tells us to get your own. Culture tells you to look after yourself and get yours, to get you up in life, to keep climbing the ladder. But gospel, but Jesus tells us, how can we go and actually make more disciples in the world around us? Who can we invest in so that when we leave this planet, it wasn't for nothing? I don't want people to remember my name. I want them to remember the other women who step up after I'm done. I want to be a door opener for other people. And the reason why, guys, we love hero makers is because they're investors. The reason why we love Pastor Nancy and Pastor Mike is because they're hero makers. Okay? There's something about their identity that says we are not insecure with who God has called us to be. We want to lift other people up. So this morning within the church, within this context, I need to be asking myself, we need to be asking ourselves, are we followers of culture or are we followers of Jesus? Are we people who are content with just being our own hero? Or are we going to step up and say, Jesus, you call us further. You call us to be hero makers. You call us to be people to go in and restore the earth. Am I ready? About a month ago, I, I got to speak here again. Uh, I think it was about a month ago I got to speak and I began to share a little bit of my story with you guys. And I touched on how I grew up with like a lot of different brokenness and rejection, right? And I talked about how I was the kid on the front step whose dad didn't show up. Um, my dad didn't come to my wedding and things like that. So I grew up having to fight through a lot of rejection in my life. And I talked about how I went and I did some counseling and, and how I went and did a YOM and I did missions. And I, I, I really pushed my heart into who God called me to be. And I walked through a lot of that stuff. But the interesting thing is a few years later, I didn't get to tell you this part, but a few years later, I was brought back to Newfoundland because I was living in Alberta for years and years. And I was brought back to Newfoundland to speak at a conference. And my dad invited me over for lunch. And I showed up to his house. I was really nervous about it. I showed up to his house. And when I showed up, within the first hour of being there, he felt that it was important to tell me that he was, that my stepbrother, who has been treated like his son his whole life, my stepbrother was getting married and that my dad was standing in his wedding. Within the first hour of being there, like 10 years. And I remember sitting there and being like, are you serious? Like you didn't even come to my wedding. You wouldn't walk me down the aisle, but now you've decided that you're going to stand in my, in my stepbrother's wedding. And I went back to my room. I, I held it together. I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's kind, you know, left it alone. And I went back to my room, and Christian was there, and Christian's like, sweetie, this is why I said we shouldn't come. And I was like, no, no, it's okay. We'll figure it out, whatever. And the next day, I had to preach at a conference. And I remember preparing for that and getting there and walking into that room. And I'm like, I don't know how I can do this. I don't know how I can, how I can preach a message about carrying yourself through hard times. Because Jesus shows up when right now I'm waiting for him to show up again. But I preached and I did it. And I spent time with people and I left. And when I went home, I had to focus a lot on who God called me to be. I had to focus on a lot of the material that I had already used to get through that moment. But let me tell you something, guys. You want to know the biggest reason that got me through that moment? It's because for years I had been a speaker for so many years. And I had stood in front of so many young people. And I had shared my story of walking through rejection. Walking through different things that hurt really bad to get out of. But I did it and I got through them. And they would sit across me and say, that story gave me hope to keep going. 
I don't know how many kids I've talked to who used to cut themselves or have had suicidal thoughts. How many people I got to actually share my hurt with and how Jesus actually works because your testimony matters. And so when I was home processing that, when I felt super, super weak, like I had just been kicked down, what got me up was the fact that I had a story to tell, that I had a gospel that worked, and I had something that could change people's lives. And it wasn't through me. It was through a God who loved me and met me every time and carried me every time. Every time. So there's this moment of God challenging my heart and being like, I know this sucks but you're ready for it. So keep going out there and believing that other people can be ready for it. Guys, that's the church. And that's not to, to toot my own horn here this morning, okay? That's not to say I did a great job because honestly, I would have never gotten through it without God, okay? And my amazing husband next to me. If it wasn't for people who invested in me and called me up, in that moment, I would have fell back down. If it wasn't for me remembering the times I sat across from the Amandas and the Kennedys and the Amys and the Jordans and the Zachs, many times I've sat across from people and looked into their eyes and they said, listen, I needed to hear that the gospel worked because I was running out of answers. I was running out of solutions. It was their faith that actually called me to do something and it's their faith that calls me to do something every time. So as the church this morning, are we ready to be hero makers? Are we ready? Because most of the people in this room, there's some of you that are still walking and still growing, but I would say a huge majority of this church are people who are ready to invest in others. That there are people who are actually waiting for you out there. You have a broken world around you. You have a broken culture. You have people who desperately need hope. You have young people whose suicide rates are higher than they've ever been. Hopelessness is higher than it's ever been within young people. You have a challenge in front of you, but you can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. Pastor Mike and Nancy cannot do it alone. They need us to step up and start growing some muscles and being willing to carry people who need to be carried. Can you guys think of people right now that you need to carry? Can you think of someone this week that you've noticed that just need you? Because I can guarantee you that every person in this room is a hero maker. Every person is a hero maker in this room. Doretta, you're a hero maker. Aaron, you are a hero maker. Jeremy and Amanda, you guys are hero makers. Nat Stewart, you're a hero maker. Josh Miller, you are a hero maker. You're a hero maker, guys. You are people called to go out and change your culture because you're a follower of Jesus, not a follower of man. We carry hope every time we walk through the doors. But are you guys willing to believe that you do? Are you willing to invest? And I guarantee you, when you would start to invest in people around you, if you stop thinking inwardly, if you begin to invest in other people, when you feel like you're going to fall, you'll think of somebody else and it will make you keep going. That's the magic of thinking of others and investing into others and getting stronger is that you no longer just think of yourself. You have this mentality of like, oh, wait, I want to give up. Oh, no, I got somebody watching. So I'm going to keep going. 
So this morning, before we just jump in with a little bit more worship, I wanted to give you guys a chance just to close your eyes and focus on Jesus and focus on who God has called you to be in this room, okay? So do me a favor and close your eyes. And it's nothing weird. It's just honestly just to give you just some privacy. There's nothing worse than feeling like someone's looking at you. So just to give you privacy, I want to pray for you guys. I want, to, I want to give you guys a minute just to ask the Lord, ask God just to speak to your heart. And sometimes it's not the audible voice. Actually, most times it's not. A lot of times it's that feeling of what am I supposed to be called to do, God? What is my purpose? And I want you guys to ask. I want to do a couple of rounds of this. The first round is for people who are in that stage of just being a hero. And you're just stepping up to that plate, but you feel like you have buried your treasure so long that you feel insecure about what God has called you to be and you're wondering what to do next with what you're supposed to do. That you have comparison in your mind every day, that you look at somebody else and you think it disqualifies you. I want to pray for you this morning. If you're in the room today and you want prayer for that, can you raise your hand for me? That you just need some confidence in you, that you need to know that you're good enough this morning. Thank you, Lord, for those hands. Jesus, I pray that every hand that just raised God, that you would just touch their heart this morning and that you would activate something in them, Lord, that the DNA of your heart would be activated and that they would know what they're called to be. Lord, I pray for um, this overwhelming sense of courage, that any chains that have hold them back from the freedom that you've called them to be, Jesus, that they would fall off and that they would begin to walk in the purpose that you've called them, the name that you've called them, God. Lord, I just pray that literally in this moment, as they get up and they walk out of here, they will no longer be waiting to get up and do something, but they will do it, Lord. I thank you for the legacy over their life. I thank you for the name that you've written on their heart, God. I pray for new dreams, Jesus. New opportunities. And new moments of going deeper in their life, Jesus. Amen. And the next people I want to pray for, guys, I want to pray for those who have feel like they have been in leadership for a while, but they want to start making more heroes. They want to turn their hearts so that we're now thinking of others instead of just trying to get your, your list done or your things that you have to cross off. But the next part of our church, the next part of Christianity is actually investing in others. So with your eyes closed again, if you're here this morning and you want to be a hero maker, you want to be someone who invests in other people, I want you to raise your hand this morning. Because I think there's power in realizing, hey, I need to step up. So God, I thank you for all the hands in the air. Jesus, I just pray that in this moment, God, that hero makers will be established in this church. That we will no longer grow across, but we will grow up, God. That we will start to grow muscles. That we will be chiseled in the spirit so that we can carry people that need to be carried. That we can invest our gospel into other people because it works, Jesus. Lord, I pray for boldness. I pray for kindness. Help us not to judge, but to just invest, Jesus. Invest in people we need to grow, grow up in, God. And grow and help them to get better, Jesus. And help them to know you more. God, I'm just, I just thank you for the hearts in this room. I thank you for Nova. I thank you for what you're doing here. And you're not finished yet. This is just the beginning, but the next bit takes some grit. It takes some muscle. It takes some loading on your shoulders. It takes showing up every time. It takes believing the best in people. It means investing in people and believing in who they can be instead of who they are. So this morning, I pray that you convict our hearts, God, and that you would help us to do that, to believe in people, Jesus. With every eye closed still, if you're in this room today and you have never asked 
God, just to be a part of your life. An old way of saying is if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, I love saying if you haven't actually stopped your everyday life and said, God, I want to move forward with your purpose in my life. I believe in who you are and who you've called me to be. I believe you died on a cross for my sins, and I believe that I'm hopeful for the future because of you. If you're here this morning and you've never took that moment to ask God to be a part of your life, I want you just to raise your hand up with me. God, I thank you for the hands that are raised, Jesus. I thank you that salvation changes everything. That that moment of activating you in our lives changes everything. That we go from being without hope to now having hope and that we get to infect our world with hope, Jesus. So guys, can you repeat after me just for a second for the people who just raised their hand and just say, God, we believe in you. We believed you died on a cross for us. We believe that we have fallen short and we mess up. But we know that you are strong. We know that you have purpose. And God, we ask you to hold our hands, to walk with us, and lead us into the purpose you have placed on us. Jesus' name, amen, amen, so good. Guys, if you have asked, uh, just if you prayed that prayer for the first time, on your connect cards, fill it out and just let us know because we want to connect with you. We want to be there. We want to connect you to small groups, all those kind of beautiful things, okay? But thank you so much for listening to me this morning. Um, it's uh, Honestly, I'm always humbled to be able to do this. I heard a quote from Mother Teresa this week that said, you want to get really good at being humbled? get really good at being humiliated and a lot of times when we're called to do something it's a lot of moments of humiliation of growing and learning and growing pains right so be encouraged as you go out today you might try investing in others and it might come back in your face right it might hurt it might stretch you but lean into it because it's those moments of creating humility in our life that changes everything be encouraged i love you guys i love my church love you guys thank you so much